we are now part of the Enlight Podcast Network. With such awesome shows like Trek Off, Pop Off, The Hot Mess Podcast with Phil Stamper, and Ninjas vs. You. Subscribe to those. They're going to be fun. Enlightpodcast.com. Go there! Warning, the following episode contains discussions of a frank and sexual nature, so if you're under 18, or you're easily offended, or you don't want to listen to that, or you're one of my relatives, or I kind of don't want to listen to that, please don't listen to this episode, and come back next week for Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off, the Star Trek podcast that kicked your honor student's ass. Hi, welcome to Trek Off. This is Justin. And this is Alexia. Hi, blah, blah, blah. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm angry. And yes, it's because Justin is a tool. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been having lots of fun frustrating you in the last five minutes. Gosh. Um, and I'm like halfway through one beer. That's, That's ridiculous. It. Why don't you go ahead and bring up a blue penis again? You know you want to. I want to bring a blue penis up? Yes, you do. Um, why would I? No. I've no oh, wait, because we're in the room together, I right? Have, <laughs> I have no interest in even talking about that. I, where did that come from? Oh, shut you I have no, <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> where where that could possibly be. What could you be talking about? No, you I know what's interesting is if anyone has been listening to this podcast up until now, they know because you've said it to me before. About the blue penis? Yes. I, I, I love because that. it happens inevitably if you're in the same room with me. I, I love how today I, is the first time it ever occurred to me that the name of the movie is Watch Men. <laughs> I know it's the first time it ever. I was like, wait a minute, wait a Watch minute. Men. Oh, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> so, um, wow. So we haven't even talked about like we're already onto a movie that is not Star Trek. Well, and, <laughs> we and haven't even started. I know, and I feel like that's going to continue. And let me tell you why. Because the why? Oscars was on recently. Are we are we gonna are we gonna have an Oscars conversation? If that's okay, a brief one, not really, and it's something that I think is 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 um is relevant. Relate it relate it to Star Trek. If you're gonna relate it to Star Trek, then I'm happy. Yeah, no, okay. it's a, it's a sci fi relation. Okay. I'm, what I, whoa, whoa. See, stop touching shit. <laughs> whoa. See. Okay. See, See that? Well, I'm just gonna loop this around here, and then it should be fine. Okay. Um. So yeah. Go. Uh, specifically, Inception being up for Best Picture. Yes. Right. So that's what I wanted to because like I went. For the first time in my life, um, I went hey, to... Hey, there is a connection. Tom Hardy is an in Inception, and he plays Praetor Shins on a Nemesis. There you go. See? So we've got There it. you go. All right. So we're not completely off topic, just mostly. Um, <laughs> well, no, because this speaks to sci-fi in general, which I think everyone who would be listening to this and who loves Star Trek would tend to agree with. Um, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, wait. Let's Go for it. <laughs> go boldly. <laughs> go boldly again. Boldly go. Yeah. <laughs> if you look up Star Trek on Wikipedia, it says... No, it's not Wikipedia. What is it, IMDb? IMDb. Oh, it says, it says go, go boldly, boldly again. again. <laughs> Which after I finish these chips, I might have to. Anyway, go forward. <laughs> boldly again. Boldly again. I'm again, go. Boldly Here again. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... For the first time in my life, I went to a party that was to watch the Oscars. It was like... Really? Yes, really. I used to host those. Did you really? I love the Oscars, except this year. Interesting. Why? Because they were terrible. Really? So you watched them? Uh, first half. And then I actually turned them off halfway through and then... Wow, really? Yeah, and then... Because and then, you know all the good shit's at the end. Yeah, I turned it off halfway through and then I, we kind of went... We picked up the computer and we... Like, Kelly... 
or sorry, Miss, Mrs. J. Because um, we wouldn't read, want her to have a name. Read, read, read <laughs> off the read off the, the winners. Well, the nominees, and then I had to guess who would be the winner, and then we'd see if I was right or not. Okay, yeah, because so at the party it was kind of fun. Like we had like like uh, uh, bingo. You ask your bingo, like certain things happen, you know, somebody tears up at a, you know, doing their speech or somebody flubs a line or something like that. Or Melissa um, and Leo just starts yelling out fuck, which is awesome. That was fucking awesome when we, wa- like, and we actually, it was great because we had DVR, like, so we rewound to find out what she said. Because as soon as she speaks, she like, they bleep her out and she starts covering her mouth. And we're like, wait, wait, she said fuck what? What did she say? <laughs> um, but... Um, and we also like I guess there was like a pot like everybody put like 10 bucks into the pot and like got a scorecard and like whoever got the most answers right by the end of the night got to take home the pot which was kind of cool cool all right so, um, you, so anyway we're yeah. watching it and there becomes a heated discussion at one point because I say that I think Inception should win best picture because I thought that movie was fantastic and then I was like but it never will simply because it's science fiction and then um Another, you know, another girl at the party, she was like, well, no, it's not good enough. Like, and so we kind of got into it because, like, I notice a theme, you know, when it comes to, like, a, a movie that is up for Best Picture. Like, because I'm convinced the only reason it was even nominated for Best Picture is because now they nominate, like, ten fucking movies. Right? Like, because if it weren't, it would only be things like The King's Speech and 127 Hours. Like, and it, don't, and it doesn't occur to me as only being about the how well the movie is done on all fronts but that the plot is not good enough and like i don't think that best picture should be about specifically have quite frankly that much to even do with the plot it should be about how well the movie accomplishes what it sets out to accomplish if you were to make an equation though i'd take that times the validity of what it's trying to accomplish. To some extent, yes. I don't disagree. But I guess what I'm saying is that... Because um, there are porn movies that, that set out... That, or, or if you, That it, do it very well. If, if, you, right, if you don't but, want me to be so gauche, you can say, you know, I, I feel like Megamind did very well at doing what it was trying to do, but what it was trying to do was not worthy, in my opinion, of being of the best being picture. Of being the best picture. Okay, right. that's fair to some extent. But what I'm saying is, is I don't think... That only stuff that is like uber dramatic or about some guy that has to like that's gonna die all alone in the middle of the wilderness or that's you know like just that really heavy shit is the only stuff that's worthy of being up for best picture because quite frankly a person could see the king's speech it's possible I'm just saying and it must not be their cup of tea right just that's not they're not into period pieces or they're not into whatever right and so they walk away even though it's a, a fabulously made film not like it likewise inception and i think more more importantly and more often inception because of what's in it the content of it being above a lot of people's heads or making them think more than they want to think or them thinking it's hokey or some shit and so as a result it doesn't get the same validity it doesn't get the same shot and i don't think that's right because it's it's, it should well, be about to be, to be clear it was named in a movie in a year where like 200 movies came out it was named one of the top 10 but it's only there because there are 10. Like, if it had only been the normal number that they used to have nominated for Best Picture, Inception wouldn't have had a shot. And the fact that even though it was nominated, it was clear to me going in that Inception didn't have a hope or a prayer of winning because it was a sci-fi movie All right, well, isn't okay. Let me, let me spell out um, first. I don't think it should have won. Um, but <clears throat> let's see if it belonged on the top five, if we're, we're going to do that. So let's see. I think that the King's Speech... 
um, probably deserved to win from everything that I saw. Um, and I only saw six out of the ten. Okay. Um, but I, I was... And I admittedly, when I'm having this thought process, I had not seen the King's Speech um, yet. The, the, have you seen it now? Yes. Yeah, we, just, we just came from seeing it. Literally, it's like, really, really. It is good. very good. You know, in terms of in terms of technically, in terms of look, they make they make a shot of a guy talking on a microphone for five minutes the tensest thing you have ever seen. You are I you're I was biting my nails. Yeah. Because you, know, you and, really wanted and to the go, the ghost of Mr. A was telling me to stop um, as I was doing it. Um, <laughs> um, but I was I was sitting on the thing and 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 Miss J was making fun of me for doing it. She said that everyone else was sitting back in their seat and that I was clearly like up, like yeah, leaning like, forward, like, like I, I, I I probably was crushing Mr. A's hand. I couldn't because I was like it was so intense. And and so and so I think that in in terms of of letting us know in an entertaining way about a figure in history that we knew nothing about at the same time leading us through him dealing with a disability at the same time being a crowd pleaser at the same time accomplishing through excellent filmmaking making something that normally would be boring really really tense um and across the board i think that it it accomplished more than any other film it just really on a bunch of levels it just hit the marks that one would have to hit and hit them well to be considered to be best of the year. So I'm going to go ahead and give that to that. Um, I can see that. Then that's a fair case. Um, uh, like the Facebook movie, uh, social network, I thought mm-hmm. was really good. It was. Um, um, and I think that it's important in that Facebook is Facebook is probably the most socially relevant. It's historically relevant. Facebook is. Yeah, it's pretty fa- big. Facebook is as a phenomenon. Facebook and Twitter. I mean, right? Look at the Middle East. But right? should that be the reason? It's what, also this is what I'm saying. Like, should what it's about be yes, that important? Yes, absolutely. I think I think it should be that important. I think that 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 it, the best picture has to be important. The best picture now. But what, important to whom? To everyone universally? Is it, that it, important? Let's say. Let's say if ultimately the goal. If if possible, if you have the the movies to choose from, the goal uh, would be that in ten years people look back and go, oh yeah, that was important. That was, you know, in twenty years, when people look back at the history of the Oscars, they go, they go, that movie that I can like you go, you want to go through all the list of the the best picture winners over the last years and go, all right, I see that why that one was. I like I can go back to was it night? What year did Wizard of Oz come? Was it nineteen thirty nine? You know, and go. Wizard of Oz lost that year to Gone with the Wind. I hate Gone with the Wind. A bunch of people are going to despise me now. No, I, I don't hate. I, uh, maybe hate is a strong word. I I think am that, not a fan of Gone with the Wind, and I said it so much. I said as much at the Oscar party, and you would I not think, believe the responses. People went nuts on. Uh, me. you know what's amazing though? People love Gone with the Wind. People, they're both look. They're both very well-made films. I actually think that Wizard of Oz is a superior film. Nobody was really crying all that much because this is what blows me away. Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz were directed by the same guy. Wow. David O. Selznick did both of them. I guess I could see that. Um, that's just, a, that's astounding. Thing, I, like, just, like if we were just to ju- jump off for just one second, yeah. how astounding is it that Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz made by the same guy in the same year? And the only thing that I've ever, the only like two movies I can ever say that that struck me as being as much that would be in 1993, when in the same year Steven Spielberg made his two most important movies, Schindler's List and Jurassic Park. In the same year, 
I might be wrong. I might be off by a year on, on Schindler's, but I think that was also 93. So if you think about that, he made his most important sci-fi film in terms of moving the craft of sci-fi filmmaking forward. Sure. And he made his most important dramatic film in the same year. And you could sort of say the same thing about Selznick and, you know, when... And Wizard of Oz and yeah. Gone with the Wind. It's just interesting. I, it's like... It's I a, just, there was something... As I, a, the as only a, reason I saw a Gone with the Wind is away. because everybody talks about it, right? Is because of Gone with the Wind, right? And it didn't... It couldn't. I'd, maybe it couldn't, but I don't think that was it. Like it was just, I was bored. It hasn't aged as well as Wizard of Oz, certainly. Yeah, like it was just. It doesn't have the same universal themes, which is Tara! why. Tara, I, like, I don't give a shit. About and I think I think that it is the <laughs> the universal themes that 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 would make you know the King's Speech is why historical movies tend to do so much better in the Oscars because because they will tend to have more universal themes. Um, and right now, you you look at you know Inception movies that look forward often are dated the moment they come out you know the the idea of what can happen or what could happen yeah but i think it's it's but that's the thing i feel like inception is less about what could happen it's not that doesn't i mean yeah that's part of it but it occurs to me as more of an interesting and intriguing backdrop and something to to, to make your brain work that is part for of a the very there's also for a, good, a very real story a real human story but for an hour of the movie you can also just shut your brain off for an hour of the movie, there are James Bond style gun battles and Matrix style fights in the middle of hallways. Yeah, but how many people? And trains like, here's going the down. thing. Like, if we're going to talk about relevance, we're going to talk about something that's going to last. That's going to be something that people think about and know about ten years down the line. Like, people know about the Matrix. It was huge. It was a big sure, deal. but it's not. It's not great. It's 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 a landmark. Uh, who loves Star Wars more than me? And that's what, no. like, Star Wars is a good I don't, example. I don't know that Star Wars should have been Best Picture. Why not? Because it's it's not, it just doesn't strike, it's it's too flawed and too too much of it is just eye candy. I think the same thing. Like, I felt like last year Star Trek should have been, at no. least in the running, I thought that movie was fantastic. I, I thought it was very good and accomplished what it wanted to do, but it was, it was popcorn. It, it did it very well, but it was a popcorn flick. And I think that Inception is a is a popcorn. It's, it's a good thing Inception's two and a half hours long because it's an hour of, of popcorn. popcorn flick and an hour and a half of of really thinky heady stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I will say that to argue against myself that Inception would be the 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 most original movie of this year. Well, yeah, and that was what upset me when it didn't win. Um, like there needs to be a category for that almost because like, it was there was something like best that was story. best yeah best story because like it didn't win best screenplay because I'm pretty sure Alan Sorkin won it because it's freaking Aaron I'm sorry Aaron Sorkin won it because it's fucking Aaron Sorkin like he's just a brilliant right, well, dialogue okay, let, writer that, like but one like, one could argue one could argue like the best reviewed movie of the year was Toy Story three. But it's not going to win because it's a cartoon. Why? Because it has to have some kid stuff. It has to have some. But funny more stuff importantly, that's but and that's the thing though. That's why something like Toy Story three shouldn't even have been there because it has a place. There's a place. No, for here it. why? No, why C- can a movie that is animated not be the best movie of the year? It could. I don't know that. I think Toy Story was that movie. I think that I but I was there was no movie this year that moved me more than Toy Story three. Toy Story three was. You weren't more moved. Watching the King's Speech, no. you weren't more. Oh, I was, I was, I was a fucking wreck during Toy Story three. Yeah, I mean, I was too. I was, I was, <laughs> I was a wreck. I, I was a wreck. I laughed when I was supposed to laugh. I cried when I was supposed to cry. They took a movie about toys and they made it about 
the real pain of your kids leaving for college. And they made it, they made it accessible to people who never had to go through that. Um, and they, they effectively put you in the place of the parents. Sometimes, sometimes they put you in the place of the kid. Sometimes they make you think about your toys. Sometimes they make you think about your kids. Sometimes they make you think they, they, they have, and, and I don't want to overhash this too much in case people also listen to this podcast, but the Kevin Smith pointed out the moment when they're all about to go in spoiler alert for Toy Story 3. <laughs> yeah, seen it. Um, yeah. But the moment that they're all about to go into the furnace and they're all freaking out, oh like we're God. all going to die. And then they calmly just hold hands. They hold hands. Oh so like God, they're like, yeah. you know what? Was, oh. we're, we're not going to go out like punks. Yeah. We're going to go out strong. We're going to go out strong and together. It's oh. the most, you know, uh, Kevin Smith calls the movie Schindler's Toy Box. Um, <laughs> um, so, yes. so why, why can't that be, why can't that be best picture? Because you also have to have Buzz Lightyear in Spanish joking and being fun. You have to have the other things in order for it to work. But then for kids why, money. why shouldn't, well, the only reason I think is because I mean, it's already, there's a category for it that, I mean, it won hands down. I mean, because sure. that's just not even a question, but sure. Like, but there's a category for best score. There's a category for best special effects. There's a category for best but, other things. But I'm saying, no, but, th- but this is a category for best film essentially, but best film in this particular genre, if you will. Best animated yeah, film. Yeah, no, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. And there isn't something like that for sci-fi or for fantasy or what Well, then, you, there's an like, interesting argument. Should there be? I, I think that would be great. If because if, you're te- if, if, if what they've said if thus far is that sci-fi can't compete on the same ground, because that's pretty much what they've represented, and, then, and the same is true of comedy, if you think about it. So, because so, there's been one comedy that I'm aware of, one comedy in the entire history of the Oscars that's ever won Best Picture. I think there's more, but what one are you thinking about? 1977, Annie Hall. Um, what about Shakespeare and Love? Shakespeare and Love is not a comedy. Shakespeare and Love's not a comedy? No. I'm not saying it doesn't have comedic Shakespeare moments, is but I would not call Sha- it a I comedy. I would call it a romantic comedy. You would comedy. call that a comedy. The show must. The show must. Go on. Oh, it's oh, it is absolutely. A, it is. It, it, if you take the Shakespeare part of, out, out of it, it's it's just it's another romantic comedy. No. It's a romantic their, comedy. Their romance is more than a romantic comedy. Put it next to a normal romantic comedy, like The Proposal, for instance. All right, that's a you terrible romantic Put it next I to... I love that. That's a great movie. Put that's it next to Sleepless, Sleepless in Seattle. All right, well, I'm putting it next to Sleepless in Seattle. All right, put it next to When Harry Met Sally. There's there's pain in romantic comedies. Put Not it next that to- level, though. There's something epic about their love that I think... At least in the in the context of the film, that occurs to me more as a romance than a romantic comedy. No, I, I thought that it was. I felt it was a romantic. Of course, romantic comedies tend to make me tear up. I'm a, I'm a little girl. Me as well. I mean, um, I, I cried almost every romantic comedy. So so, so, and I felt like, but if it just just with that, it was it was witty and crowd pleasing, and actually shouldn't have won Best Picture in my opinion because because it was up against Saving Private Ryan, and that was you know Shaving Ryan Privates. Um, it was. I, I think that Saving Private Ryan was a better and more important and better made film. Hmm. You know, although in although to argue with myself as I often do, um, I do watch Shakespeare in Love more often. Yeah, I mean that, and that's. I guess that's what I'm getting. Like, what it occurs to me for Best Picture, right? Like, if if what you're doing, right, when you're saying Best Picture, is are we talking about a movie that's just well made on every front? Are we talking about a movie that is 
more likely to get watched than another movie? Are we talking about a movie in that's more case, likely In which case, Transformers to, should win, you know? I'm saying, are, are we talking about a movie that's more likely to make you feel something than another movie? Like, what is the criteria? And I don't know that that's clear. And it occurs to me from an Academy standpoint, if we're talking about Best Picture, that it should be about the craft, <laughs> to be really pretentious. Okay, but but I mean, what, but then what is the craft? I mean, the the Academy, the, the it should be the whole the package. Acad- the, the Academy, acting, the Academy Awards the sh- are not the People's Choice Awards. They're they're voted on by Academy members, and so Best Picture is. I mean, it's Best Picture is voted on by other filmmakers. So it's not surprising that movies that have more subtlety and more you know more subtlety and more you know difficult things to do from a filmmaking point of view like 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 what inception does from a filmmaking point of view outside of the special effects is not that hard to do the special effects are really hard to do but the rest of it's not that hard but making a microphone seem terrifying from a filmmaking point of view you know that the other directors in the academy who are voting on it are going ooh, and you know the actors in it are and that's the other thing you oh have, I mean, it was brilliantly acted well and that's I mean. and that's a huge part of it is 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 the script the, the actual screenplay the words that people say Probably better, if not the story, but the words, the actual dialogue, probably better in King's Speech. The performances, absolutely better in King's Speech. Yeah. The uh, um, the so when you look at that, and that's such a huge part. It's like the so what we're saying is the King's Speech outside of importance. We've already said all the actors and everything they say is better than all the actors and everything they right say. Right here, in to be clear, and, I'm and, not. And in a play, that's all you have. And so when you get to a movie, you have, you know, you have other stuff that plays. You have you have direction. You have cinematography. You've got color correction. You've got music. You've got there's so many things. And and I think the King's Speech beats Inception in almost every category. I guess what I'm saying, right, isn't so much that I think Inception should have won over. It should have but won best. uh, Like if there was a best story, best original story, that would have been great that it should have won. Um, Yes. What what I'm saying is that. It does not occur to me, and this is the thing I have problem with, it does not occur to me that it's possible from, you know, just from what I've seen for any sci-fi movie to have a shot at Best Picture. And if that's the case, if if there's no way that it can possibly compete or what have you, then there should have another category for it. Well, maybe not in the Academy Awards, but there's there are other, you know, it's... You know, it ha- at least it, at least it got nominated. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think it'd be very difficult for a sci-fi picture to win Best Picture because I think that the sci-fi pictures, as made for the general public, have to have a popcorn element because they're trying to make their money back. Yes, Mister A. Sorry, I would just like to say rather than see the Academy add five more nominees for Best Picture. Why not create a best comedy, best sci-fi? Why not create other categories? So then you're not diluting the pool of best nominated picture. for best picture. So let, so 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 you have you have you have fifteen overall nominees, fifteen overall nominees. Um, you have best animated film, best, best or let's say twenty best best animated, best action, which sci-fi can be in, and so can horror. So sure. best action, sci-fi, horror, um, best comedy. Best drama, and then and you have a cat, and still have a category for best picture. Yeah, uh, it's you know b- I mean? but then the best picture would just be the same as best drama because the best picture would be pretty much populated. By, I mean, it's 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 tough. It's it's yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, rather than diluted by because because I mean the Golden Globes have best comedy and best drama, and I feel like it's I feel like the the thing is is there are movies that don't qualify you know movies that are put in comedy that are really more dramatic movies that now you have to suddenly 
label and categorize and it's harder the to genreize. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I think certain things that are clear Because a horror movie is one. It's, it, you know, Silence of the Lambs won Best Picture. And it's it's a horror movie. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, so, yeah, but that's the thing. It, it, it's You have to clarify, it's more this or it's more that or it's more, you know, you know, it's it's difficult. It's it's a it's a difficult distinction to make. Um, none of this has anything to do with Star Trek. With Star Trek. Um, but thanks for listening. <laughs> this is Justin. <laughs> um, <laughs> crack off, bitches. Um, um, hey, hey, hey! I, I'm not really signing off, so it's okay. I was gonna say that's my fucking line. I won't steal your line. B word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! Did you really just say uh, B word? Did I just say That's B what word? You actually, said I meant bunnies. <laughs> Bunny. Uh, I meant fuzzy bunny. Funny, funny, <laughs> fuzzy bunnies. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Senior Kirk. Um, Kirk. <laughs> Kirk. Um, so I guess uh, in talking about Captain Kirk, I guess we should talk about three different elements of Captain Kirk. We should talk about the character, the actor, and the other actor. Um, Chris okay. Pine. I sure, think sure. I think it's it's, and I think there's there's stuff to talk about there. Um, so let's uh, let's start off. We have just finished the cage as uh, as as NBC executives or CBS executives back in uh, was it NBC or CBS? NBC. NBC? CBS. Yeah, a friend of mine corrected you. <laughs> yeah, but CBS owned it later. CBS owns it now, yeah. but and NBC um, who owned it back back in the day. And uh, they've watched the cage, and they've said this is too cerebral. And while this guy's good looking, he's he's kind of down on himself. He doesn't want to be captain. Um, he's actually uh, Captain Pike is in the series is very much the basis for Cisco. Um, uh, oh, I totally see that. Yeah, yeah um, but but he, you know, they were like, we need, you know, people want to have fun when they turn on their science fiction, and you need to redo this. And they said, okay, the first thing you need to do is get a dynamic, heroic captain. And and we get Captain James Tiberius Kirk, and I'm gonna. And what's interesting too is when you watch the in the uh, the original, like in season one, his middle initial isn't even T. This R, isn't it? Yeah, James. Yeah, I think it's James R. Kirk. Yeah, or some. Yeah, like on when um in in the one with the blue eyes, the creepy eyes. Um, oh, um, where no man has gone before. Is that the? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what it's called. Um, where. Uh, he makes a grave for him to go in because um, yeah. I'll never forget. Like I got like when I went back and watched it. You know, obviously I saw it like as a as a child or whatever, and then I went back to see it like after I'd seen all the movies and all that stuff. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that totally doesn't say T. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I think that really works for Kirk's character because Kirk lied to that guy the whole time. And told him his middle initials are. <laughs> Stop it. And so when he's about to die, he's like, Stop. I'm about to die, but. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 worth noting that that could be the case. So so what do we what do we say about Kirk? Uh, he is an adventurer. He's an explorer. He is a, a shoot first, ask questions later. Half the time, uh, he is a womanizer. He is a guy who who is is good in a fist fight um, by using two fists clenched together at the same <laughs> at the same time. Um, there's no other way to fight. There's no other way to fight. Um, everybody knows that. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So and, the, and more, most importantly, I think a very key part of his character is his obsession. His obsession with the ship. 
Is that something that that's that's played out in the, the original series Absolutely. very much? Give me a couple of examples. Um, in like, uh, was it Naked Time when they're all losing their shit and he just starts going on about this ship and you know I can't be without it and it's, you know he's just he's he's really kind of going psycho about it in his own little space and it's like. Then that's what. Do you think, think he has jealous dreams about Captain Pike? Like at night, he likes back. I don't know. Pike had his hands all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, it was like that. Pike had his ass right in that chair. <laughs> I can still feel. I can feel like, his ass like, there. I try to ignore the thoughts in my head, but I can just still feel his ass being in the chair where mine ass was. My ass special. It's my ass special because 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 Pike's ass was in this chair at one point, and and no and no no it's oh. it's almost tainted. And now we, I mean, we also have to include Shatner in it. Just his, his ass in the chair. I think his ass might have been here. And I. Does she still. Does she still. Think about his think ass. Think about his ass. <laughs> Computer. <laughs> Computer, do you think about Pike's ass? I do, sir. Is my ass better? No, sir. <laughs> Damn you, you whore. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I think that that original series Kirk, I think that is he's dynamic and he's good looking. Oh God, um, yeah. Um, but I, he's two dimensional. They he doesn't change from the beginning of the show to the end of the show. He doesn't grow. You're not allowed to in 1960 TV. You have to be able. You, ha, you you're not. You have to be able to watch the show in completely out of order and have it not make any difference that you watched it out of order. And there okay, is, I mean, there I is, see what you're saying. There is no change. Every character is the same at the end of every episode as they were at the beginning of every episode. There is no... Like, the next episode, there is no... Yeah, I mean, you've just learned more about them. You, there's no sense... What happens in the Especially, the, is there any last time on Star Trek in the original no. series? Mm-mm. At all? Mm-mm. So... I don't think even when they have two-part episodes. Yeah, they were just big two-hour episodes. There's only one, right? The Menagerie? No, there was um, the one with... Um, with what's her name when uh with Joan Collins uh the city in the Edi- no city in the edge of forever is a, si- is a single episode that's only one episode yep mm. so that means I feel like it was two um so there's the you, you gave him a fuck a fuck factor of ten last time we were if here if I could give him a fuck factor higher than that I would like if ten is the top he's an eleven I'm a heterose- <laughs> I'm a heterosexual man and I would I would uh, yeah yeah, because he's Kirk. God, like I, yeah. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. I probably like this is not what I want to be doing. But at the end of the day, I could go. Yeah, I did. <laughs> not yeah, with William Shatner, but with Captain with Captain Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, no, I get it. Um. <laughs> uh. So yeah, there, I mean, there was sort of an element of. I mean, he was he was funny. He was a jokester a little bit. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was sly. He was really confident. Yes, he, and he uh, he could really. He just had some serious balls. He did have giant, 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 huge. They were actually the inspiration for the Death Star. <laughs> His balls destroyed planets. Kirk's <laughs> balls. They were you better. They were. Run. They were you fully operational. He had a vasectomy, and that was the Death Star from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> You hear that, it, Star Wars fan? You get cast off <laughs> from it, like, Star wasn't Trek. Completed. <laughs> The testectomy. The test star. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. 
<laughs> and, and and yet I master Scrota. <laughs> so wait, Yoda's like a flap of. <laughs> he pretty much is. He's a piece of scrotal skin. Mm. Mm. Cold it is. <laughs> Smaller, I am kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um so uh so original series Kirk um the, his episodes would often go like this there is a crisis going on there's the ship there's a woman on the ship who he or on the planet where he's going that he cares about he ends up being in crisis the woman ends up either betraying him or he has to not uh, do what she wants him to do and eventually he always needs to get back to the ship and she is left behind most of the time not because he wants to leave her behind but because duty calls him he loves duty can we talk about how much Captain Kirk loves duty? <laughs> he likes to bend duty over. He just, he's just, he's just, he's just like, he's just like, I love duty. If I could just rub duty all over myself, I'd be really happy. <laughs> wow. Okay, go on. I'm in an interesting mood today. Yeah, really, you are. I am. Wow. Um, you know that's not. This is yours. I'm going to put the mic down yeah. for a second because because this is this is yours though. I mean, I'm I'm totally a next gen boy. I am, and you are a huge Kirk fan. I like Kirk, but you. So give me. I mean, convince me, right? I am pretend that I am not biased, and tell me why Kirk is. Tell me why Kirk is what Kirk is to you. I'm putting the mic down. That's yeah, the thunk. That's fuck, dude. What a thing. The thunky thunk. Oh, I see what it really is, is you want to eat some fucking chips. I want some chips, and I don't want to crunch them into the mic this time. So go. <laughs> so selfish. <laughs> well, it, I'm not wrong that Kirk is yours, so go. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Kirk is mine. Kirk is yours. I'll talk about Picard. <laughs> Kirk is mine. Captain Picard. <laughs> Everybody hears that? Any card. <laughs> Kirk belongs to me. Shatner, are you listening? <laughs> Apparently you belong to me when you are Captain Kirk. Um... When you say something like that, like it's funny or whatever, but it's not accurate. Like not every episode is about is about some woman that he's got. Um, and yes, he's left many women in his wake, and it's because the ship and and what he does is more important than any one woman can be. And you know, if we talk about him, like over the course of you know the movies and stuff, he regrets that to some extent. Like how could you not? Because you get to be at the you know the end of your 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 time and your you don't have anyone to share it with and the ship isn't there anymore. Like, cause at some point in time, they're going to take the ship away. Cause at some point in time, you're going to be too old to be sitting in that chair. You're going to be driving and all the other ships are going to be behind you. <laughs> <laughs> no, not if Kirk was driving. If they let him drive that fucking ship, he'd do it till he died. And he'd be just, a badass the whole time. He would just do it slow. He wouldn't do it slow. He'd be yelling at Scotty to give him more fucking speed. And Scotty would be saying, it's going to take two weeks. He'd be like, and he didn't know, motherfucker. And he would do it. That would be awesome. Quentin Tarantino doing Star Trek. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson is Kirk. <laughs> Listen, cat, I need it now, motherfucker. Do it. <laughs> I'm like, but, 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 I really, I need more time is what I need. Um, yes, that would be very funny, actually. That would be some good shit. Um, but that what I like about Kirk is that he seems to, um, you know, and this is true of both of them, though, in fairness, he cares about everybody on that ship. Like, he does. 
he knows that he has to make these hard decisions and he doesn't flinch from it but he does care you know like it's not that guy's not just a red shirt to him and I feel like you get that feeling and I think that is very important in a captain because I think if you're serving under a dude like you'd want to feel that way because there's how many motherfuckers on a ship you know and you're just one person I you think don't like 480 f- something yeah like you don't want to feel like you're number 10 you know or 190 I want to feel like I'm number two <laughs> And then, then number I'll, one. Then, <laughs> if I'm number two, I'll know Kirk loves me because Kirk loves duty. <laughs> this is the sound of my head hitting the table. I have to do my duty. My duty's here. I have to do it. I have to do this duty right here. Oh my god! <laughs> you are so unbelievably tragic sometimes. <laughs> So suddenly Kirk gets like really kind of creepy and awkward. <laughs> really? Come here, duty. Come right here. W duty. Suddenly everyone on the ship is like just sort of sitting around like, um, Captain. Spock, Spock is sitting there just with one eyebrow raised. It's sort of and a, says, fascinating. And, <laughs> In a, in a frozen stare, like like Uhura sitting there, she's just just like one inch out of her ear. It's a little metal thing she keeps in there. She's holding it out, and she's just sort of stunned. Scotty's sitting there with his head in his hands. We don't know why, but McCoy is crying bitterly. <laughs> Take your pills, Jim. Take your pills. <laughs> We've talked about this, Jim. <laughs> Not on the bridge. Not on the bridge. <laughs> Save this for our sessions. <laughs> our therapy sessions? No, our sessions. And now you know why he's crying. Why do you think he calls him Bones? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> What's in these chips? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's more likely the drink. The funny thing is, I should have been like this last time when we did the sex talk because I, I know I, where the fuck was this. Then? I, I was like last time. I was like, yes, let's let us speak very let us, academically. Let us speak academically no, and no, very no. coldly and this clinically time, like, about I sexual duty on my face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then let's go back to that. So Terry Farrell, Dax, uh, how hot is that? She left duty on her face. <laughs> she wants your duty on her All face. Of her face. <laughs> she actually doesn't have spots. I just where I take my duty and. <laughs> Her head. <laughs> Terry Farrell, I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, you don't get to apologize to her the, now. The Enlight Podcast Network would like to issue an apology to Terry Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> we will apologize to you if at some point you have a career. Oh, that was oh. fucked up. Not a Terry Farrell fan. No, I love. I love Terry Farrell. You shut your fucking mouth. I, you know, and I don't even mean the things I'm saying. Because I like her too I, I am an Esri fan Oh wait Sorry go on How do you do that I shit forgot. You know I'm watching I some forgot. shit forgot The fuck Okay go I'm gonna try to forget that you spoke You said that last time too I'm really sorry God Fuck Okay, okay so and I was um, enjoying watching Deep Space Nine Wow look FYI. You just, you just keep spiking out Because you bother me You're like Yeah <laughs> Rawr because that's how you make me feel <laughs> deep in my guts deep in your guts <laughs> deep in my guts where the duty is 
So my duty would kick your duty's ass. I, I believe you. I I won't argue that. Good. Um, I'm glad we're clear on that. Um, I'll be honest. Look, Captain Kirk in the series. I see that he is the stereotypical '60s. Everything a guy in the '60s would want to be. Not everything that a guy was, but the what a hero, the ideal and hero. He's what a very hero heroic. is in the '60s. Yeah. Um, I am not so. I'm not drawn to him that much. I'll, For that reason, or no? I mean, I never was. It, it when I watched the show, I was drawn to Spock. I thought Spock was cool. Um, Kirk was bland in the TV series to me. It didn't really no appeal for me in the TV series. Even when he pulled like the carbonite maneuver, like that shit wasn't cool. He did stuff that was cool, but like he wasn't cool. To I you? Ne- I didn't relate to him at all. There was no part of me like because as a kid growing up in the in the eighties and early nineties, there was nothing that g- would make me go, I want to be like that guy. Really? Yeah. There was. It just wasn't. Like I, I, I had a problem with the way that he was with women. I had a problem with the shoot first mentality. Keep in mind, I got into the original series. I watched it when I was like in fourth grade and stuff. By the time fifth grade came out, Next Gen was on the air, and there was a, you know, and Picard is is much more. Um, Picard was a guy. He was a guy. Very, would, he's a guy I would want to be. Picard was absolutely a guy I would want to be. Um, much more than Kirk. Okay, I mean, um, this is a different perspective. I mean, me being a chick, you know, yeah, I don't no, act the, like it all the time. The, like I'm not, I'm not looking at it from a, you know, I'm not likely to be looking at it from a perspective of this is what I would like to be. Yeah. Um, more like a this is what I would like to have. Well, I, I, absolutely. Know? Well, that's that's, and I think that was part of the appeal for him. I think that he certainly he is an appeal for women. Absolutely. Um, uh. I mean, even despite the way he, like, quote unquote, as you put it, treats women. Like, because he never, despite the fact that he left he's these never, women. He's never unkind he's, yes, to them. Yes, he's never mean to them. He takes care of them. Yeah. And no, he, he, he needs to leave them. It's not his fault. Has, it's out has, of his there's, hands. There's you know? no malice yeah. in his heart about it. There's no, I'm, he's not. And it's he, not even crass. It's not about picking up some ass. Yeah, he's not, he's not like, like you know, I'm going to use her. Yeah, <laughs> he's in love. Yeah, yeah it's always you know? he's in love. Always, yeah. every episode. He's, he's, just, he's very Don Juan in that way. Yeah, it's, it's like, it, it in the moment, he absolutely loves that woman until the next, you <laughs> until know, the next time. Forty-eight minute woman. episode. And yeah, not the next episode. Like they didn't do them back to back to back. I I think that one could find that they did them back to back more than once. Really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, I they, it just they, doesn't occur in my. They weren't all way. Edith Keeler. They weren't all. They weren't all Edith Keeler. You know, the Edith Keeler episode, the sitting on the edge of forever. That was, that was. You know, there was a difference there. Yeah. Um. I also think it's unfair the shit he gets for the way that the, his acting is quote unquote acting that he gets. I think that yeah he has a cadence in how he speaks, but I actually never had a problem with the way he portrayed Kirk. No, me not, me neither. I love. In fact, until actually it was o- not it was only like by the time they got to generations that I was like I felt like he was doing a little bit of a parody of himself. Um, you know, Dill. You know, that, like like by that point he he was like looks like someone was trying to cook some eggs. You know. I was, you know, that that whole. That, I don't need to be lectured by you. I was. I felt like by that point he was doing a bit of, mm. of he was aware of what people were doing him uh, doing people, Kirk yeah. as, and so I feel like there was a a bit of a nod and a wink at that point. But I think possibly, that, but I don't know. I mean, I always, I never. But felt I would say he up, wasn't genuine up to that point. Up to that point, I never got the sense that he was doing anything but doing his best job as an actor, and I never, never really had a problem with him. Can we jump from the original series to the movies? Sure. If you'd like. 
I like that Kirk. How is explain to me how you feel like that Kirk is different? He's older. Just because he's older? He's vulnerable. Ah, and I he, see what you're saying. He's vulnerable and he grows and changes. Um and and starting with the with the with the motion picture, he's trying to get his ship back. Suddenly, he always has something that he wants that he can't have. And and So it's more about raising the stakes for you. Not just raising stakes, it's just it, it's it's he reminds me of me now. Suddenly, he reminds me of. of but uh, is that because you've changed or because he's changed? No, it's absolutely because he's changed. He is. He starts the original series. I mean, because you've grown up as well, correct? Um, it's not just that though. I mean, I saw the movies before I saw. You know, I mean, I. I think that like, like and didn't you say? Weren't you saying you saw the movies before you saw the show? Yeah, I, I certainly saw Star Trek two probably before I was really, really cognizant. So of, might of the that also series. play a part? Sure. You and it, before we started the episode today, we were talking about how one tends to like the thing that they, they were presented first. first. Yeah, mm, um, they do. Th- that tends to be true. We accept the world with which we are presented. That's what Morpheus says in the major. <laughs> you see, you were going to laugh, and it was going to be really cool that I said that, and instead it just came off as awkward and nerdy. Um, I'm such a nerd. Um, I think it was less about what you said and the way you were looking at me when you said it. How was I looking at you? I don't know, but it was weird. <laughs> Giant headphones. <laughs> I don't know, but it was weird. <laughs> flip them upside down and go, I'm Mickey Mouse. <laughs> What kind of strange pills did you take tonight? Jesus, I'm really tired. Oh, now it's been a long weekend. Well, we're we're right now just to mark the point in history. We are um, a week away from delivering the film to film to Breaking Glass Pictures for Ninjas vs Vampires. So I am constantly like we did two two commentary tracks last night. Ah, so if you rent Ninjas vs Vampires, which you can do right now, audience, um, uh, and you listen to the commentary track that was. 24 or 48 hours before recording this episode was when we had everyone in and we did two in a row. So it's sort of like in the midst of all of that and that I'm working all day. So yeah, there's a bit of me that I'd like, I'm like, yeah, I finally get to cut loose. I don't have to necessarily be as PC as I always want to be. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I think, I think that Kirk, uh, like that Kirk in, in the motion picture, I don't think he's great. You know, but he does want to get a ship back. He has something he doesn't have that he wants. That I love that in Star Trek Two, it's about him being old. Hmm. He's he he can't read without the glasses. He you know he's feeling his age in Star Trek Three. He's lost his friend in Star yeah. Trek Four. He's you know he's a fish out of water in Star Trek Five. He's trying to regain his friendships in Star Trek Six, especially. He's a racist. And he's, you know, and he can't. The times have moved ahead without he him. He can't, get you know, past his anger. Yeah. And then Star Trek Seven, he's a plot device. Um, and that bugs me a little bit because it's like, let's talk about how much he misses a woman that we never met. You know, and, 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 you know, there, there was an element of it that seemed. But I feel like, no, I feel like that, that the Kirk in that movie was, um, was him letting like coming to the realization of what the culmination of him being captain of the enterprise his whole life has gotten him yeah it was just you know, like it, it wasn't it wasn't the kirk element just i feel wasn't strongly written in that film i mean i feel like like the kirk i love that film i like we talked before that that of the next gen movies that's my favorite um, but the Kirk element, there was like a woman that we had never met and the why why couldn't it have been the woman who you know was the mother of his child you know 
it had to be this this other woman and he was together with her but then he told her he was going back to Starfleet but then he was in Starfleet but then he wasn't a captain so he couldn't fly the ship it was it was all a little vague you know, I mean so you're saying so your issues that they didn't flesh out that more is that my, what you're my saying? issue my issues is that it seemed entire the Kirk that was chopping wood at the cabin and making eggs was a Kirk that was entirely entirely unfamiliar to me and and it, like clearly time had passed and I get they were doing that but I just sort of felt like I didn't understand where this Kirk I don't didn't understand a Kirk that was outside chopping wood and and wanting to put some dill in eggs well but he had when but prior to him being there he's on the ship and he's with you know the remnants of what's sort of left of his crew and there's only what yeah. like three of them or some shit like there's not a lot and they're very much made to feel aware of their their age and how they don't fit in like there's nowhere for them to be anymore right like i mean they're faced with that they bring that up because i mean he meets sulu's daughter and he's he like when did no, he have time to have a daughter yeah, he like feels so he's like definitely he doesn't matter he feels yeah, like, like now that his time is over like he doesn't have anything to show for it right yeah, like he's faced with that so when he's presented with this time in his life in the nexus that is when he could be he could have stayed with this woman had children made a life continued his line in some way things that that occur to me as as, as mattering it's particularly to males like I can't really speak for it because I'm not one, but like I've 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 seen enough of that themology in in movies well, and even in, in, in that movie the, the 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 Picard line would go on. Yeah, it's, it's, exa- it's, I mean it's just it's whoa. hi sorry it's it's a thing uh, you know so it doesn't occur to me that way it doesn't occur to me as like a as not a continuation of that moment on the ship because he just got there and then he just realizes what's up and he's like well why am I going to go help you where did that ever really get me. Like and but he still chooses that in the end because that's yeah that's who Kirk is yeah I guess you know I guess I I mean there, there are so many other themes I felt could have been better explored I mean it's it was the weaker element what of the movie been, what I mean like what at that point in his life would be the theme to explore well I mean you'd have to go back and rewrite the entire first part of the movie uh, like you you okay but if you could let's say you Carl Blanche could just rewrite the beginning of that film like what. If I carte blanche could rewrite the beginning of the film, I would I would have him not be on the Enterprise C as I, he would be doing something else. What would be doing? I don't know. I, I, you want me to write the write, like, impromptu write a Star Trek? Fucking movie. do it. Um, I would. You tell me you want to see something. What would you want to see? I guess ultimately, I mean, without going into what everything in the beginning would be, I would want by the end his dream would be to be commanding his ship. And that's what it would be. And he would feel like he was commanding a ship and defeating some Klingons or, you know, he, he'd be up there, but it would all feel like playing a video game to him. And it would all feel like it didn't matter. And he would feel like what he always wanted was to was to be there. What he Like you were talking about, how he, he wanted his ship. So why, when he gets to the Nexus, does he want, is he in the cabin? Is he chopping wood? You know, why is that? The because thing? the Nexus occurs as like, a, like, at least the way they were explaining it and the way that, that Guinan talks about it is like, you know, what would be happiness for you? And I think that that's indicative of where he is in his life. That happiness for him would have been the human side of things that he did. Like, he gave everything to duty. And, um. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and because of that. He um, there in that moment, in the moment that he enters the nexus, what he's thinking about and what he's longing for, 
is to have done things differently because he feels like he hasn't made a difference. He's wrong, right? Like that, and that's kind of the, the as I see it, that's kind of the point. Picard comes in, and when he well, starts, well, it's not that he this, feels like he didn't make a difference. He feels like he no longer is able to make a difference. Well, he's no longer able to make a difference, and therefore, what point has it served? Right? Like he's not making a difference now. So, and and he's left on his own to do nothing until he dies, right? Yeah, and that's sad, right? It's horrible. So it's like, what if I had still made a difference and had a family? Sula did it. What if I had, you know what I mean? And I think he, that's just where he's in his headspace because he's dealing with shit, right? And so when Picard comes in and pretty much that's, they have this conversation and he tells him and he's, and he's telling him you've made a difference. Like I'm from the future and I'm telling you all that you've done and all that you've accomplished and what you've meant to the world at large. And See, it, if, I'm, know, if I'm writing the movie, there is no nexus. You know, right. If I'm writing the movie, Kirk, then how are you, Kirk is you, commanding a ship. And and the two enterprises need to work together, you know. The big enterprise in in a, a major focus, and the small enterprise in a, in you know in a stealthy operation. That the a, there, that the A story and B story is not Riker crashing the ship and Data on the ship crashing, and then Picard and Kirk in a weird nexus where Picard has an awkward Christmas, you know. <laughs> which come on, give it to me there. The Christmas is awkward. Hello, Papa. You know, it's just, it's just it's re- very surreal. And, it's it's and surreal strange and strange and, and just, yeah. you know, the it ta- takes me out of the, the emotional through line of the movie. Like, like I'm into it at that point. And it's like somebody has taken the movie and just put the brakes on and said, let's be weird for a little while. <laughs> like the ship was crashing. We just watched the ship explode. And it's like, you're really into it. And it's like, now let's take the, all this tension we built up and have Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's very, very odd. You know, the, and it's Christmas. I didn't, what year is it in? Everybody's dressed like it's 1880. You know, <laughs> I know, right? And Patrick, well, Stewart, Patrick Stewart's like, I'm doing a Christmas carol on Broadway. I must do this. This is what I want. <laughs> um, and and I feel like everybody like, knows that when you have British Christmas, oh, I mean French Christmas, it's in the 1800s. Britain. Yeah, they have tea. <laughs> They have, they have tea around tea. the British Christmas tree. Um, Would you like some tea, Father? I know. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like that that I ultimately would have had something where where the mission made it. I mean, again, what are they trying to do? They're, the entire point of the mission is they're trying to save this this alien species you've never met and don't care about. You but know what I mean? The, it's it's what 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 is what does it matter if you've met them? Why shouldn't you care about? Because them? I'm like, a, you're supposed to care about all of them. That's what they're yeah, there for. But I'm not emotionally connected to them. You know, it's not. You know, it's not. See, I don't have that. Like, I didn't feel like I wasn't emotionally like. No, I don't know anybody's name. No, I don't have some story about them. But like, to me, g- genocide of any kind is is pretty emotionally charged. Yeah, but they, this is Star Trek, though. They they manage in in 42 minute episodes to make you care about an entire civilization. And tell the entire story and get, get all that across. And in this, it's just like, yes, there's a civilization on the planet and we must save that planet. And that's sort of it. And sort of we, we understand what the stakes are, but the stakes are intellectual and not emotional. And then Kirk's situation is more sort of weird and surreal. And I would have, I would have liked to see, that's why I like Star Trek VI so much, because it feels big. It feels oh, like, sure. It's huge. It feels like, yeah, but it costs less. It's a it's a smaller movie. 
Sure. No, I mean, I mean, like in in terms of the in the impact to the universe, it's huge. Which is why when you're when I'm going to pay my money to go into the into the theaters, I mean, I don't want it to be all about the next gen movies. When I'm going to pay my money to go into theaters, I want that. And Star Trek Two felt that way to a point. Even though it was just two ships, it felt epic. Star Trek Three felt felt epic. Star Trek Four felt epic. Five did not feel. Six did, and then right. you know, and and I. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to harp on it because I like, I enjoy Generations. I do, but but I feel like it could have been more, and and it, I would have liked it to resemble more of an ex, uh, an original series movie, um, or at least really feel like a blending of those two. Yeah, like I'm not certain how you could blend those two. What I what I liked was seeing Picard and Kirk together. Because I like that too. I think by seeing them together, you you were able to see the similarities and the differences, and like. And my favorite thing about it in the world is that Shatner and Picard, and Shatner and uh, Patrick Stewart became friends, and that they actually hang out now and go to hell yeah, shows. and and you feel like they would. And that and like that those, and that those, it, those two dudes are just groovy. That that occasionally they like when when uh, one is in the other's town, they they like go to lunch and stuff. Which by the way, can you imagine being at the restaurant? Oh my god! You're like sitting there. You're like, you're like, pants. yes, I like some creme brulee. Captain Kirk and Picard are sitting there at the table over there. I can't order around my erection. I know. Yeah. Uh, no, I would absolutely ha- just cream my pants. Is it make it so? <laughs> make it so. Do your duty. It's all about the duty. It's all about the duty. Um, but no, I felt like like Kirk starting with Star Trek two really. He's this vulnerable, still heroic, but heroic despite difficult circumstances. A, a hero who struggles and who changes and grows. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I can agree with... I mean, not that you're like wrong or something. Um, see, I'm trying to be better about these things. Why? No, no I'm just... No, like, um, no just... Uh, like, there's a whole episode where he's like taken over by a woman, you know? And that shit's amazing that like, is cool and there's there's a whole episode where he's like being court-martialed and gonna lose his command and his ship and that shit's intense and i don't yeah. and i don't think in that in the in those moments that he's invulnerable i don't think that but he's, he's not vulnerable in a way that i understand i've never been taken over by a woman i've, ne- I've never had to lose my ship but when a guy's there and he doesn't want anyone to see that he can't read his book without putting on his glasses that I get. When he's sitting there in in his oddly decorated house with his very strange clothes, um, and <laughs> and Bones gives him some glasses, and you just see the the bitter irony of it that he's happy to have glasses that will work for him, and yet at the same time, he recognizes that it's the the, the age that is, is accepting yeah. the age, and and that is you know that is the emotional struggle that is going on next to the. The other so you're struggle. saying you f- you feel like Kirk Cum movies is more human humanized for you? Yes, more human. <laughs> Sorry, did I make you cry? She's nodding her head into her hand, saying yes, Justin. Your no. portrayal of Kirk was astounding. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm saying and I saying, don't want to have to beat him, but I just might have. You to. might have to beat me. I just might. And I'm saying, so I'm putting my head in my hand saying, God, give me the strength <laughs> to not be just into a pulp. <laughs> so violent. Clearly, you were an original series kid because I'm like, let's talk it out. 
I will say this. I've got the fire of Kirk, and you've got the calm. I will say. I will say this about Picard. Kirk: that Kirk was an individually moral guy more than Picard was. Picard was Picard was more principled, and Kirk was more moral. So when there was a when there was a a, a civilization on the brink of extermination, and Kirk sees them, he'll go to hell with the Prime Directive. I'm going to yes, save them. I got to do what I got to do. And Picard will go. Well, well, the prime director is pretty fucking clear. Let's so. let the children die. There's an episode where he actually gets mad at Data for wanting to save a child, and and you go, okay, I, I kind of I agree with Kirk. You yeah, know, Kirk, that, and that's what I th- like that. Kirk sees suffering, and he. he I think will that's not one of the that. things that I love the most about Kirk. Honestly, like I mean, it's he, he's got fire, and he's got you know the big you know kahunas or whatever. But like I do. Ah. Sorry, his cojones took over my microphone. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, but I do, I do think that that for me, that's the the crucial difference between Kirk and Picard. That for me makes Kirk more compelling, and, me, and is the reason that I think Kirk is better than Picard. Because I think, because I, I think it's, and it's because I agree with that more, right? Like as a human, as a person, and this is when it. That's why I understand that it's like a personal preference kind of thing, like. I get that there's a prime directive and that there are rules and that there are rules for a reason, right? And that these rules make sense. Like, I, I don't disagree with the rules. It's not like I think the rules don't jive. But at the same time, I think there are things there are, that circumstances and and human suffering or just suffering, maybe human's the wrong word, but I'm saying like the things that things that transcend that, that the rules are a good framework, but that circumstances can always ma- that always matter and always do. Uh, so I just think that there that that Kirk his ability to see beyond. I'm the sorry, law. guys. I'm sorry about the mic wire. Well, so stop caressing it. I love it. <laughs> I'm just saying. See, it's all this talk of crickets getting you fired up. There's, there's so a there's hot. a there's a duty joke. I'm like sitting here going, how can I make this a duty joke? And it's just not working. So I'm just going to let it go and let you keep talking about Kirk and caressing your microphone. I love Kirk. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying, like Picard will always pick the law. I His feel. last name starts with Shat. <laughs> um, I think that it's worth. I mean, Kirk. Swagger is a word, especially with the with the younger Kirk, but that one could attribute to him. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Kirk that we are going to see going forward from now on. Oh, okay. As portrayed by Chris Pine, because I think Chris Pine. Okay, look. Put it the fuck down. I think Chris. I think Chris Pine. <laughs> uh, uh, really nails a lot of it without having to ma- like do a Shatner imitation. And and that what he nails about him is his swagger, um, yeah. His uh, sort of I'm going to do this now, even though the rules like the rules. His don't, boldness. Yeah, the rules don't apply. He he would never say the rules don't apply to me, but in all of his situations, he would say, "Well, the rules don't apply to this situation." Sure. Um, uh, I love that. I love uh, that about Kirk. Uh, that he that he is a brawler. That he is the guy who goes. I I'm going to just go. I just got to do something. And it's not always the wisest or best or the 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 best thing to do, but he he cannot be a wallflower. He no, must he must he's not meek. He must mean. be the one to do something. The only thing that I would say um I don't care for as much in, in the Chris Pine and it's not it's not Chris Pine's fault. It's the way it's written. Um 
is the womanizing aspect because what we were talking about earlier when you talk about Kirk from the original series he's not a womanizer like that's not what I would call him yes he gets with a lot of women but it's this idealized romantic he's in love with them yeah but I do I do think I do think they they turn it on its ass a little bit and I think that we are looking at Kirk at you know 20 and I would absolutely believe that Kirk at you know or how old yeah, in college. I absolutely believe that Kirk in college would be that guy. I have no I have no problem thinking that Kirk at that age without the, the I've got a romantic experience. version in my head of Kirk and it occurs to me that Kirk his whole life was always falling in love, maybe falling in love every day, maybe falling in love every week, but it, that it wasn't just about the pussy. Um and I don't think I don't think that I don't know, I even think necessarily it was. I think it was for about the challenge. That he would see the the women around him as a child. I mean, why does he? Why is he drawn to her? She's beautiful, but there are lots of beautiful women. You know, that's you know, there's the. I think the challenge aspect. I would love to see. I mean, and I think that we're so early. So little of that film was about that. I, I think, mean, sure. That's I why think I'm they, saying. I it's... think that if they if they supply him with a female romantic lead in the next film, and you get to see Kirk fall in love, or whether or not he continues on that. Yeah, I mean, you it's know, too soon to tell. It would be interesting to see him as a womanizing cat at the beginning of a film and then have his heart broken and then decide not to do that anymore. That I was, mean, yeah, if they if they did something like that, I think I could get behind it because then yeah. I could go, okay, so there's a reason that that's yeah. the Kirk as I know it yeah. um, and that something actually happened to cause that. But like so far, that's not what I have. It occurs to me as them changing my idea of the character as, as it's well, been presented. I mean, he is, you know? he is, he is, he is, uh, right now, every character is a caricature of the character that came before them. Yeah. You know, they, they did have a lot that they need to get in. They got, I mean, they did a fantastic, we talked about it um, last time. They, they did a Yeah, in order to fit in ago. a love story, I suppose, would be a lot. But I guess what I'm saying, like, I just think if it, if he had seemed more into that chick as opposed to her just being. Well, let's be clear. This The new Star Trek movie was not Kirk's story. It was Spock's story. Yeah. Um, so when it becomes Kirk's story. Then we can see what happens. You know, and he's motivated by different things than the original Kirk. I mean, the original Kirk had his father, the original Kirk. Yeah, was always going to do. Yeah, but see, like I have this thing. This is just like a personal belief of mine, where I t- I think that you are who you are. Well, I think that's the point like, of the movie, and I, I think- certainly think that to some extent, you know, circumstances, things that happen, shape who you are to some extent. But I don't think that. Like so, you know how sometimes well, movies, think, there's some think, ideas like you'll you'll point. get two different people that are com- like just completely different, yeah. and like that doesn't occur to me as right. No, because everybody can see me do this big, huge hand gesture when I say completely different. See, they heard it, they saw. Uh, <laughs> okay, I would like to submit. Fuck you. <laughs> I missed submit. <laughs> Thank you for retrieving submit. I do what I can. Um, I, um, but I, think, I that's what I think. That well, I, I think like. Kirk's story in that film is. Is exactly that though I feel like Kirk's yeah. story That film is You are who you are Despite the circumstances That no matter what you do To change the circumstances You are going to be Who you were meant well, to yeah, be Well yeah like You are who you are And that The circumstances Shape you to some extent But the like Who you are part Determines How that plays out I think the sci-fi hy- Hypothetical uh, Asked in that film Is If you were to take someone And take all the nurture away mm-hmm. Will their nature Remain the same and at first you meet Kurt and you go, no, Kirk, and you go, no, it doesn't. He's so different. When you meet him in that bar, he's so different. And yet... He's not. And yet by the end, no, he is at the core. The what same. He, so yes, details yeah. are different. He's a little more of a womanizer. He's a little more insecure. He's a more brash than he is wisely bold. Um, but ultimately you can see that it's the same Kirk underneath. So, yeah. So why... Um, why do you think it is that Kirk stands out um, 
as I would say that like let's say 15 years ago Kirk was a little bit forgotten and Picard was Picard was clearly one one could easily go Picard was clearly the captain that people were going to remember but time has told time has well he was on the air he was still going on the 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 days I know you don't, and a lot of people didn't. But from within the Star <laughs> Trek fandom, that like it sort of the Kirk Picard debate like went away by the time Next Gen was off the air. That debate was over. It was like okay, Picard, but that see, I don't, I don't feel like that. Picard, like I never got that vibe. I never felt like see, that was the case. I felt like it wasn't even like I think what I think I felt at the time because I'm going to use as many non-specific and definitive things as I can in one sentence. Um, <laughs> I think that um, it was more like we don't even need to debate that anymore. Kirk is his thing and Picard is his thing. See, but now I think what time has told is that is that and this is unfortunate for the next gen because there were so many other Star Trek series. But now it sort of feels like there was Picard and Cisco and Janeway and Archer and they're all Star Trek and they're all good. But Kirk is the thing. Kirk is the thing. And now when they brought back the movie, it just sort of feels like those were all, you know, those were like spin-offs of Archie Bunker. You know, they 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 were all out there doing their thing. And that's great but, and all, but but Star Trek <laughs> is is Kirk. Kirk. Now, I that's not how I feel. I always feel like the the next gen era is my Star Trek. It's okay. You um, can be wrong. But that's and I am. I mean, the, the, <laughs> look, the box office totals have shown that that you you put Kirk in a movie and you make the movie compelling. And people are interested in that in that guy, even if it's a different guy playing that guy. Kirk yep. is it's that character. Kirk is the sci-fi James Bond. He is just oh god, yeah. He's he just is that just cool. a compelling, cool guy. Um, uh, to finish, I want to talk a little bit about William Shatner, who I love. God, I um, adore that man. Who I used to not, and then I've I've read his autobiographies and and which I need to do. You know what I've read by him is actually I read a um a Star Trek story that he wrote. Oh yeah, and they're okay. Uh, the, I thought it was really good. Actually. When I read I the return, I read the return, which is how Kirk comes back to life, and over the course of the entire book, is like he beats up everybody on the next gen crew, like one by one. Oh, I haven't read this oh, one. I beats, feel like I need to. He beats them up, and it's sort of it's. I was kind of like okay, but his uh, his autobiography is really interesting. Him as an actor, and hear him, you know, trying to not be Kirk and being bitter about Kirk, and then accepting Kirk, and you know. And now sort of, you know, the comedy aspect of what he does. I mean, it's just the guy is, is on his own is compelling. He continues to be compelling. Hell yeah. I, I love that man. Like, I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> I love Kirk. And I love Shatner. And I think I love Shatner because I love Kirk. And you'd have a threesome with Kirk and Shatner. Oh my God, I would. would. Be really interesting. Oh, that would be so Except hot. it would end up, they start making out with each other and you'd be sitting in the corner You're just like, sort hey, of uncomfortably just going, Kirk, um, Shatner. Guys, guys, they're like, we're Have busy. you noticed how big my tits are? I'm just saying. They'll, they'll be sitting in the corner and Shatner's going like, I'm eating. That's, oh no. He's a large man. A little bit. He's a big guy. Oh, I'm going to get hated for this, aren't I? The fans are going to turn on me. What? I don't know if you're going to survive the night, my friend. I don't even talk about anybody else. <laughs> They're like, like, no, he's small. It's not about that. It's not about that. You know, just because you're real skin, skinny, thin, whatever, doesn't mean that you get to like 
talk about other people's sides. Hey, you know what, dude? Dude, dude is self-aware when it comes to it. He knows. I that know it's the he's case overweight, he's, but you know what? You know what it is? Because that motherfucker is so much cooler than you. Oh, that he even is. overweight, nobody gives a shit. You know what? He <laughs> I, he probably just gained the weight because he's like the world needs more of me. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he's like he's like he's like downing insure he's like downing insure shakes and 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 and, and Big Macs. Just There's going just not this. enough William Shatner in this world, like me. literally. <laughs> so I'm just gonna need to expand the that. ratio of space to Shatner needs to shrink. <laughs> um, space. <laughs> he's out to conquer space the in a different way. <laughs> Um, oh, I'm sorry, Bill. Can I call you Bill? No, you um, cannot call him Bill. Even if he says you can call him Bill, I say you can't. No, it, and you know what? And I look if 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 in my life I accomplish half of what he accomplished. If, Seriously, if if in my life I accomplish nothing else but accomplish what he's accomplished in the last. 10 years in terms of what he did on Boston Legal and yeah. you know, a bunch of ad campaigns and he has his own internet program and he's got a sitcom and he's you know he is still uh, shit my dad said still in there I don't know if it's still in there isn't it I don't know I when was, I heard it was gonna be him though I was like that's fucking awesome I was like yeah if yes. I, w- I if I were to watch this I would watch this but I'm probably not gonna watch this <laughs> I mean, I just don't have TV, so yeah. that's why I won't watch it. But if I if it's ever I don't on Netflix, sitcoms, really. I'll watch it because a I've heard or read some of the the shit my dad says. I but, love it, and it's funny as shit. And like as soon as as I was told that it would be Shatner, I was like, oh my god, it could not be more perfect. Yeah, like if totally. anyone was gonna do it, it's fucking Shatner. Yeah. And uh, so that was was great. Yeah, if, if he's I mean, and his his sense of humor, like. Kirkness aside, and obviously I've got a hard on for Kirk, but I would totally hang with Shatner. He seems like he's just a cool cat. Oh yeah, like he would just be a cool motherfucker. Okay, well, to hang it's, with. Oh, like man, especially when you like, what was it? The there's that was it Free Enterprise yeah. where he does oh, the I like where he does like the Julius Caesar rap or whatever oh, at, at the end? end. That fucking shit was hysterical. Did it, did I give you that? Was I, I feel done? I feel like did I give did, you that? But I'd already seen it. Oh, I mean. Now, I, I loved I, that. I don't want to bring this up to talk for too long because it's we're at like an hour twelve, and I but I feel like it needs to be mentioned real quick. The the criticisms of Shatner back in the sixties, in that he he was a line hog, that he would go through scripts, that he would find lines that the minor characters would play, and he'd go, "I think Kirk can say these." Really? Oh yeah, no, they no they hated him. Oh, like no. like oh you you didn't know this. I mean, I like Jimmy, I, Jimmy I had Duin. an inkling of it um, when, when you see would... Galaxy Quest because in the movie, obviously, it's it's all about it was a complete yeah you know well, Jimmy, about Jimmy Star Duin, Trek and Jimmy just them Duin all hated him. him. Um, uh, George George uh, George Takei keeps you know, continues to talk about how he's like he feels like the guy is just an ass, um, uh, and and it sounds like you know he's patched it up with a lot of them, mm-hmm. but at the time. Like he, evidently he really was. He was really sort of like I'm the star, and the oh, attention wow. needs to be me. It's it's my show, um, and and really you know the uns- the ensemble. Was, he really would go through and take their lines and make them his. Um, but again, a different time. The idea of an ensemble show was not. No, there were he was the leading man, and the mm-hmm. concept in Hollywood of the leading man was what it was. I mean, so I think that some of it can be forgiven as being you were rewarded for that kind of ego at the time. 
um, well, and I think even and, and not the, just rewarded for that kind of ego at the time, but almost like um, that kind of ego got you somewhere at the time. But but when you were the other people, you didn't like it, and he, sure, and he it never occurred to him he'd have to deal with these people for long term for long term. And so I think it's a I think it's a great object lesson that you need to be nice to everyone because a everyone's a person and everyone has feelings and thoughts and opinions, sure. and b it might affect you later. Um, uh, but I think that it needs to be said that he has been open about that and he's he's really that he's accepted that he, he that he oh you know. and he's and from what i understand he's extended all the branches to everyone and the only one who kind of batted it away from what i understand was jimmy doing just like scotty just they it was, it was like nah uh-uh. they, they weren't There's nothing they, you can say motherfucker died, they weren't able to get together but like for instance really he, he and did not know them he and uh nimoy did not famously did not get along but now they're like best friends so I think that Shatner really had a moment of, of clarity uh, from what I understand. I, and I'm trying to remember back from, from like when it was, his, I think it was around Star Trek five when it came, when he was going to direct the movie that it sort of came out to him, what the issues were with him. Ah, and that, yeah, but from everything that I've heard that is that he, he continues, he has in the past and continues to make overtures to the Star Trek cast to go listen. Okay bad form um, yeah yeah my bad um, <laughs> mr shatner i want you to know that i think that you are the greatest american actor i'm canadian just thought i'd share that line from from free enterprise because i love it so much um okay this has been the oddest episode of of trek off yet largely because you're crazy but i hey i hope that we've kept it unpredictable <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's always that if you don't know what's coming next you'll hopefully keep listening and not turn it off as we just talk about duty that's well, how that's that's why uh people kept watching lost right because you yeah. just don't know what the fuck is gonna happen next but so you keep maybe, watching but you keep watching um <laughs> uh so what next do you think i mean that we always i i feel like we've gotten ourselves into a trap where we get to the end of the episode then we have to say what we're doing next. yeah but, i don't know why do we have to say but it's part of what we do we is do it? that um, is it? Didn't we just talk about being unpredictable? Is, is it? it? Wait a minute. Is it? Wait a minute. I know the perfect <laughs> companion piece to this. Picard. If we did really? Kirk today, next time we do Picard. You're going to act like that was spontaneous. What? Well, <laughs> uh, the spontaneous part will be the first 20 minutes of the episode. We'll talk about something, something else. Something completely <laughs> different from Picard. Today we're talking about partially hydrogenated vegetable oil. It's, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> you know what I think is a better companion piece? Not Picard. What? George Lucas. Lucas? That's uh, That would be wars off. This can't be wars off. We don't have wars off. I was being silly. No, no one's going to yell at me when I call him fat. If I if I intimate that, that Shatner has gained a little weight, you're like, grr. If I call George Lucas a, a, a large, jowled, Jabba the Hutt-like evil emperor, you'd be like, yeah, fuck that guy and his Jar Jar. You know? <laughs> no, I would not probably say fuck that guy and his Jar Jar because I have no desire to fuck that guy or Jar Jar. See that? But... I don't hate on George Lucas. A lot of people do. I don't either. I don't, I don't hate on him. I don't, I don't hate on on many people, but I, I certainly would not rise to his defense the way that I, I would. Yeah. To Shatner, so, I will say that. So that's, so I guess Picard will be next. I guess Fine. So. Let's, let's do the expected thing. Let's talk about Picard next. Well, then I'm we'll have kidding. to, I'm we'll kidding. do our I'm best kidding. to make it not, ex- I mean, it was, 
Oh, it's gonna be unexpected. You don't know what the fuck is gonna happen. You're like, he's dick hard. He's dick hard. You know what? By the end of the show, Justin probably gonna be dead. I'm just saying. It's gonna be. I'm gonna call him Hard Dick from now on, Captain Hard Dick. (laughs) No idea where that came from. Go number one on me. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking foul. (laughs) And if I'm saying it, you know it's gotta be pretty fucking bad. (laughs) So that's that's Trek off, guys. Um, sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Really. Never apologize. Wow, I'm not going to have to edit that at all. <laughs> Fine. Yes. Never apologize. Never apologize. Never explain. Never apologize. <laughs> no explanation. No, no explanation. fucking apology. No. So, so for wars off. This is Justin <laughs> and Alexia. Wars off. Trek off, bitches.